All right, guys, welcome back to part two of Talk That Smoke podcast here with Worlds, Kina, and Kyle. So we're going to left over with the last topic we were talking about with the toxicity of cancel culture online. So before we left, Kyle, I know you're going to go and say something important. So go ahead, take it away, man. It's yours. No pressure. <laughs> I, hope, I hope everyone else feels it's important. <laughs> I, when we were talking about, one of the things that we left off with was uh, when uh, Kina was saying, um that you know basically what happens when the the public figure whether it's a celebrity or or whoever um that you might admire be a fan of suddenly is shown as going against your morals your beliefs and things like that my thing is so and this is open to either of you or, or any of our our viewers what happens uh if you do you automatically ex, um, ex out their their content as well that you enjoy so much whether it's the music whether it's movies um, maybe it's their you know if they're an athlete there's sports achievements and things like that um, do you can you separate the the uh, the perpetrator the public figure from the uh, the what they've created their creations their 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 achievements and 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 so forth you know what I mean can you separate the two can you just say well I'm just going to enjoy their music I don't believe you know I don't think the way they do I don't share their perspective but I still like their music I still enjoy the movies I still respect what they do in the athletic world or whatever the case may be is that something that you find difficult or is does one automatically go with the other? I mean, I wouldn't say difficult in a way. It really, it really depends on the person. But for me, my opinion, you know, I'm I'm wholeheartedly about un- unconditional love, just not un- unconditional approval, mm. right? So there's things that I could I could love and keep having love and respect for that person, just like different religions out here. Not that we're bashing anybody. It's just that we have that love, we have that respect but we just don't approve of it, mm-hmm. right? So I really agree with what you said with, hey, still listening to their music because if they're mute, think about it. They're, they believe something else, but you know, and their music is something else too. So it's just like, all right, I can listen to their music, but them as a person, nah. And that's going back to the Chris Brown, Rihanna situation. People was like, mm, but yo, Chris Brown is the hottest R&B singer out right now. You know what I'm saying? The situation was bad, but you know what I'm saying? Like right. he he's he got talent. I don't re- I don't condone that. I don't approve right. of what he did, but I love his music, right? So I feel like it's just about keeping that love and respect, having that unconditional love for who you look up to, what they do, but just not having that approval with what they believe in because it mm-hmm. contradicts what you do with you and what you believe in your concepts. Right. So right. okay. Wow, that that's a good question, Kyle. I think yeah. Um, I, to a certain degree, though, and because it's like I may look at it in terms of the perspective in this day and generation where, again, I call Gen Z the softer generation I've ever been a part of because anything that you say or do, they automatically have a backlash towards it. And I was kind of going back to Kena's point with the LGBT community, and I'll touch upon that in a little bit. But in terms of like even after the Chris Brown situation happened, you know, I didn't condone him doing that. He was wrong in every aspect 
of what he did. And I feel like he should have been faced some type of consequences, but he didn't because he's a celebrity, whether he had probation, stuff like that. I'm talking about like jail time, because if you saw the aftermath of that, that was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still listen to his music. because I'm like, listen, this guy is very talented. You're not going to find other people like him. People will call him the next Michael Jackson. That's how good he is. Like legit. Chris Brown is a talented, talented brother, you know, and I'm in the mindset of, you know, everybody makes mistakes, whether, you know, good or bad. And I think if Rihanna could move past it and forgive him for those actions, and she was the victim of that assault, then I think we should too. If the victim is okay with forgiving, I don't know, forgetting, but mainly forgiving and moving mm-hmm. past, then we should be as well because it didn't happen to us. So that's my viewpoint on it um, in terms of that. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's this, it's, it's just like in certain cases, like, yeah, but in, in terms of where I kind of don't, even though if I like your music a lot, if you're like a repeat offender, so say if like you had multiple issues of domestic violence, multiple issues of like drunk driving, multiple issues of doing that. And it's like, it's kind of hard to like you because again, yeah, you make a mistake. All right, cool. You say you're sorry. You work past it. You build yourself up. Well, well, well true fans will stick by you and will forgive you especially if you made a legitimate honest mistake, because again, everybody deserves a second chance. But if it's like constant repeat again, again, the same, I'm sorry, then you do the actions again, you know, then it's just like, you're just fooling us. You're giving us a run around. You're not really sorry for what you did. You're sorry for getting caught. And so that's why I stand on that. You know, I mainly, everybody that's did, you know, something bad, whether they agree or disagree, I'm like, you know what? I still like his music. I'm still going to rock with them. You know, when Tory Lanez, the whole Tory Lanez and Meg the Stallion situation, I was like, I'm still going to listen to Tory. I don't know why everybody's doing that. Like, that's going to affect Tory Lanez's pockets because clearly it didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was like, I'm still going to listen to Tory. I still think he's a dope artist. You know, the legal system and whoever was, you know, present in that time of the accident, they will figure it out. So that's why I stand on that. But um, kind of going back to your point in terms of, uh, well, my point in terms of Gen Z being the softest generation, because especially with the whole LGBT situation. And I think TikTok is probably one of the most toxic apps out there. I was on it. I had to get off it. Um, there's been videos I've seen and the perception coming off from people who are trans, uh, bi, et cetera, that it's kind of a crime now for straight people to be heterosexual. And in terms of, I'm not saying, well, you know, uh, oh, you don't like me, blah, blah. But it, it kind of comes off that way because I've seen a TikTok where somebody called a guy homophobic because he wouldn't date a trans girl. And I'm just like, how is he homophobic? Because he's straight. Now, I understand if he was like disrespectful and degrading you in that matter, then yeah, that's transphobic. But to just flat out and say, oh, well, he doesn't want to date me because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a transgender, you're transphobic. It's like, no, like we've kind of, that community, this generation has has made it a, a point to force their perspective, their persuasion onto you. So it was like, well, if I'm trans and you don't want to date me, then you're transphobic and I'm going to make sure everybody knows that you don't like trans people. It's like, but that, that doesn't make any sense. So I'm like, if I don't like chicken, if I only like a certain type of chicken, does that mean tr- uh, chicken phobic to other chickens out there? <laughs> if I only like to date, you know, say black girls or um black girls does that make me you know racophobic to other type of um 
you know, races out there does not make me mean that I'm white phobic, I'm Spanish phobic. Like what that that makes no sense. Like I understand in terms of being respectful. Like if you don't like, you know, a certain race or gender or want to date, not say like, but if you don't want to date a specific certain race or gender where that's not your preference, then yeah, just like listen, I just don't like you because of self. But if you're making it a a point to attack them because of what they don't like, then you're just coming off as bitter. And it's like, bro, what, what are we doing? Like we're, we're, we're attacking people for having choices and, and, and it comes across of them becoming a crime for you being straight. And I'm just like, this is, this is where this generation is heading. Wow. I don't want nothing to do with this. What are you guys thoughts on that? Um, for me, <clears throat> I think that think about it, you know, the LGBT community going back into history who that wasn't even thought of. Like you were definitely condemned. You were definitely, you know, disciplined and censored for be, for being that way. In some cases, like you were killed. Right, yeah, killed, yeah, true, right, yeah. killed. And even yeah. to this day, there is some people that are still assassinated, killed, you know, murdered because of who they are. And, you know, going back to history itself, think about the world is literally changing. There's more and more people coming out now. And it's a good thing. And I really feel like, cause one is more comfortable. They feel like they're more comfortable to live in this era, live in this, you know, time where it's, it's more accepted than what it was, but, you know, going a little personal on my side, you know, I have a mom that have a wife right now. I mean, obviously I'm here, you know, so it wasn't always like that, but it going back to that unconditional love, but not unconditional approval for some people, I would mm-hmm. say. So, Hey, at a time when my mom came to me and was like, you know, she, she's thinking she's heading that way. And, you know, everything like that, having that talk, I said, Hey mom, I still love and respect you at the end of the day. That is your life. And how, this is what people have to understand is that it's not about you. It's not your life. So why do you care so much? Mm-hmm. Right. It's not, a, it's not paying your bills. Mm-hmm. It's not putting food on the table. So why are you honestly giving a damn about who is living a certain lifestyle? Like, that's how I really thought about it. You know what I'm saying? So that is just the general, how I feel like the general aspect of what it should be like. Just don't care and do your own thing. Like, again, be a reflection of yourself. Stop worrying about everybody else. Right? So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. First of all, worlds, I, 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 if you saw me chuckle a little bit, it wasn't because of what you were saying. It was the fact that you were able to you tack the word phobic on oh, of everything you were saying i thought i was really creative but um <laughs> but uh i feel like um it's not just i mean you know we can get back to uh the whole social media thing again and there's the 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 sense of of the distance and the impersonal connect uh, or disconnect between you and the person you're targeting online that makes it so easy for people to pass judgment quickly and and um and uh really feel liberated to say whatever they want to say whatever comes to mind without really thinking without taking a a beat and say and really thinking through what they want to say how they want to say it or if they should say anything at all Mm -hmm. so i think that is really at the root of of all of that, um, the criticism and the hate and, and, and the vitriol, you know, but, you know, um, yeah, when you're, when you're 
when you make a decision, a personal decision, people want to amplify that in a negative light or put it in a negative light because it goes against what you feel or because you you are hurt for some for some reason, you know. So anyone that takes it personally will say, oh, you know what, I'm not just going to talk to my my friends about this. I'm going to just put it out online, <laughs> you know, now because I really want to go at, I want to humiliate this person and it publicly, you know, and, and that's that's really what the problem is, you know, um, from, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, true. And, you know, once you put something out there on, on, on social media, it's pretty much there forever. So you got to double think twice before you hit send. Like if you really feel strongly about something or feel like you were intact in your own way and you want to maybe, you know, go in there and defend yourself, then, of course, that's all by all means do that but just in terms of like you said doing it in a vindictive way because that person didn't have the same viewpoints at you and you're going to take time out of your day when that person probably has a whole busy schedule you're going to take time out of your day to make an effort to attack them all because you guys have different viewpoints and it's becoming which each topic and again i don't want to go too deep into it because i don't want to talk about the next one of like you know me and kyle we talked about in the first episode you know the whole differences in, in the covid vaccine mandates and what people think about it oh well you should get vaccinated oh you shouldn't get vaccinated like when has people's personal health choice become such a political topic like it's like if you don't want to get a shot that you feel there's not no need for you don't get it why is it other people's concern like CNN went out and was like, do you think LeBron James is vaccinated? Why the hell is that your business? Do you ask LeBron if he took his measles shots, if he took his hepatitis shots, if he took his meningitis shots? Do you worry about what LeBron eats for breakfast for breakfast before he goes to um, workouts, before he goes to practice? Like, no. What? And I saw that. And I'm just like, wow, this is this is some real dumb shit. They're really debating about a man's personal private health information and it's like same thing and, it's, and that's transitioning to, to sports too because i was watching undisputed I'm, I'm very big on debate so as kyle you know first take undisputed the herd and then you know um there was a story that came out where cam Newton was gonna miss a couple of days because of a quote-unquote misunderstanding a misunderstanding of um the, the the testing protocols where apparently he got tested for covid and it was negative but he didn't do in the facility. I don't really know too much about it. But then I see Colin Kyle was like, well, uh, Colin Kyle was like, well, you know, hey, you know, why you just should get the vaccine? I don't know why he's not vaccinated. He's hurting his team. I'm like, that's that's none of your business. Like, yeah, your job is to talk about sports, but you diving into and exposing and putting a man's, you know, status out. Why are we doing that? Right. At the end of the day, I feel like their job should be stick to the sports. Like, okay, yeah, he's going to miss this time because of this situation. But they made it a whole segment about, should he get vaccinated or not? Same thing with, with Skip and Shannon. I'm just like, why, why? Like, you never talk about a man's health information before. Why are you putting out this to, like, attack him because he choose not to get something that he feels and is on his own benefit? You know what I mean? Right. Well, Kyle, yeah, you want to say something? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, um, kind of touch on something real quick. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be real. Y'all know me. I'm hot. Talk I'm that humble. smoke. Come on, man. I'm humble real. and transparent. I'm a hot you know, got to put that acronym out there. Got to put that, you know, hot, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to say, bro, like, think about it. This mass mandate, right? And I learned this and I just was thinking about it. And I'm just like, people got to put in perspective that, yeah, we're wearing a mask. But did you know there was a mass mandate before the whole COVID happened? And think about it. Wait, I'm making you think real quick. 
because we don't act like some people don't wake up in the morning and be like, all right, let me go to today. Let me face the day today and put on their own mask to go up out in the world. Mm. So why y'all worried about wearing a mask for COVID when there's a whole mask mandate already, when people are going out and putting on a whole mask to, per, to, to hide themselves, mm. right? So I, it just was a, a, like a thing for me. And I want people to put that in perspective. The viewers listening to this right now is just like back to talk about you, look at you. And don't act like you don't wake up in the morning sometimes and try to make it seem like, you know what, the wife is good. Make it seem like the kids are good. Makes it like you're good. But you can't heal what you won't reveal at the end of the day. So it's just like this whole COVID thing and the mask thing. And it's just like, I'm putting people into perspective, like stop thinking about this and start thinking about this. Mm. Like it's bigger than the mask of hiding a disease, more of the mask that you're hiding over your life that can cause a disease. Mm. So I just feel like that, that's what I have to say about that. Cause it's just like, it's, uh, it's just not going away. Just like the flu, like you said, hepatitis, measles, whatever, it doesn't go away. So what's different, right? So yeah, we oh, could we, follow that. Yeah, that I can't follow. That's actually a very, very good analogy, Kina. I, I swear you have to you have to been like a preacher or something. <laughs> I said I'm a preacher. I think so. You have to be facts, man. Speaking facts, being real. Facts. That's all you do is spit facts. You know what I'm saying? All right. So let's go over to the next topic here on today's um podcast. So um, you know, should labels release or not release um artists uh, albums after they pass and you know before i go everybody who knows me knows i'm probably <laughs> the biggest pop smoke fan out there and yes. everybody's shaking like yeah yes. <laughs> and i'll give a little backstory why i'm such a fan of his because again homegrown okay he's from brooklyn okay i used to i'm, I'm from brooklyn as well and i live out on long island but he's from Canar city you know, they call it flossy nausea as people probably know <laughs> that. Uh, but, you know, just seeing what he did in such a short time span and him, you know, dying so young because of gun violence at age 20. I didn't even know he was 20 until like I think his second album came out, which was Meet the Woo 2. And I'm like, this motherfucker, 20? He sounded like he almost 30 years old. I was like, damn. And before he passed. He had three albums, and I'm not counting the last one that came out because that one was trash. We'll talk about that. But before he passed, he had three albums done and did a movie, and he was 20 years old. And the reason why I'm such a big fan of him is because the work, the work ethic you have to have at such a young age, you know, and definitely he came from a troubled background, you know, selling drugs, he, you know, in and out of school. He got kicked out of, um, he had a full scholarship to school in PA to play basketball. He got kicked out selling drugs. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go into this rap game and look how fast he's risen in a two-year time span. And I was just like, wow, like I'm 24 and this guy who's four years younger than me is my idol. Well, now actually he would have been 22 this year, but at the time he passed, he was going to, he was 20. Now I'm just like, damn. And you know, his music, like there was not one song I skipped. Like I listened to Meet the Woo one, Meet the Woo two, and you know his last album. I don't count the new one that came out, the the Shoot for the Stars, A for the Moon, the one that Fifty Cent executive produced. I'm just like, holy shit! This, you want to talk about a potential? I was like, and again, he did all this in two years. On top of that, making the movie, mm. wow. And 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 you know, I was like, you know, I want to take on his mindset 
and the type of drive that he had. You know, a lot of people talk about doing things and it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna make, oh, I'm gonna make it big. But he actually put it into place and how fast he did it and 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 the progression as a young man. And the main thing that I was like, I was I was really sad when he died because I'm like, we'll never see the man that he will become. Because when you're 20, you not even legally enough to drink alcohol. And it was just, you know, his death was just so sudden. And it was really because of, I don't care what the LAPD says, you know, I, I could say this with full, you know, conviction because I am somewhat connected to the Pop Smoke entourage. My cousin, um, you know, was in that entourage. I've heard plenty of his unreleased songs. I have them on my phone, but it was, it wasn't, you know, robbers who came, it was a hit. Okay. And for, for people to be selfish of a man putting in the work to get to where he was at in such a young age, not only doing it for himself, but doing it for his friends. He wanted everybody around him to win. Like he was looking after his friends. He was going to be one to send his friends to music school, pay for them, wanted to get his mom out the hood. You know what I mean? And, you know, even him and his, his real brother, Obasi, didn't have the best relationship. He still looked at the, still looked after his brother too. And it's like, wow, like this, you know, it, it just, it just really breaks my heart that, you know, somebody at a young age that has so much potential just lost their life because of envy and jealousy because he put in the time and the work and somebody else just didn't want to see him when it's like, okay, I'm going to take your life. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to steal your spotlight. Like it's just fucked up. So, but go, but that's just a brief story. Why I'm such a big pop smoke fan. I think honestly, legit, I think he would have been the best um, Brooklyn rapper of all time coming out. Like you, you would gave him, give him 10 years. He would have been bigger than Biggie. Like, just the drive, the motivation he had, I, no doubt he would have been the best Brooklyn rapper of all time coming out. Just, I, I don't care what nobody says, just, you know, ugh. and it, it sucks. You know, that, that's why I, I'm not going to cry or anything because, you know, we're not going to cry. But it just sucks that somebody that's so young, has so much potential, just got his life taken away because of jealousy and greed. But um, going into, like, you know, should, um, you know, artists and states release albums after they pass? Obviously, Faith had mixed reviews. Um, I listened to Faith. I made a reaction video of it, but I, you know, had a whole bunch of uploading issues. But I didn't like, I always say I didn't like Faith. I liked a couple songs out the album. My main thing was that off of the songs that I heard, the unreleased songs and some of them that weren't finished, he his label, Stephen Victor, changed the whole shit around. And I think that he completely botched the album. And now that there's rumors coming around saying that, oh, well, he used up all of his songs in the vault because he made songs with other artists. I know for, for a fact he made about 40 songs with Quavo. I, you know, I, I think I could trust my sources saying that him and Quavo have about 40 songs. I think probably like 30 something left in the vault. They said Quavo is working on going to try to finish that sometime in the future. We don't know that's going to come out. And he made other songs, too, with uh, Polo G and um, I think Kapu Shiesty. But my thing is, is that why fix something that need, that didn't need to be broken? And it's like, well, I don't think, I don't know if his family gave the okay to do it, but what do you guys think? Should labels, you know, still make uh, release um, rappers, unreleased songs or posthumous albums once they pass? Cause I feel like with this one, it didn't deliver with the last album that, that he didn't get a chance to, to finish shoot for the stars, eight for the moon with 50 cent. Um, finished and it was probably one of the best albums in the last five years just it was really well produced but what do you guys think on that because i'm rambling who wants to go first kyle 
Kino, Kino, Kyle. <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, you know how I feel about that, and I was I was kind of giving a world a little sneak peek. You know, I like to talk, y'all. I like to talk about what I <laughs> what I think about a situation. And I started to tell worlds my answer. He's like, hold on, put it, save it for the podcast. I'm like, all right, I got you, I got you. <laughs> um, but no, um, like Juice World said, man, and it's really crazy. Like we really don't make it past 21. Look at X. Look at Pop Smoke. Look at Juice World himself. Like it's just like these amazing rappers that could have been so good could have been legends in the making and they don't live past 21 like it's crazy I'm 20 years old and I can't imagine myself and I have so much plans so much future so much vision in myself that yo this is not the pit stop this is just the beginning and that was for them it was just the beginning and you know what I want to say about that answer your question world is not get a little bit off topic but I really feel like you know whoever you know releases the songs or whatever I feel like they're just selfish because Puff Smoke had a a developing legacy. Every artist has a developing legacy. And I feel like music should be released. Um, just how, you know, average, you know, some people put albums, just how, yo, the how Drake and Kanye are releasing album, Pop Smoke should still be releasing albums, regardless if he's in the grave or not, because he has a legacy for fulfilled. When a legacy is, is even when I'm in the grave, I have generations and generations and generations to come that because of what I did, they're set. Because of what I'm saying, that they have a foundation in themselves that they can create their own legacy and pass on my legacy continuously. So I still feel like, yes, I really feel like the industry should keep releasing these music as if these, these people were alive to keep that legacy. You know what I'm saying? And really build on that. So they need to stop being selfish, <laughs> for real, because they're, they're hiding talent. And because the talent, what I wanna say, the talent doesn't have to die with the artist. It doesn't have to. And people are are being, like I said, selfish and keeping it to themselves, something that could be revealed. So that's what I think about that. I'm kind of split on this. I'm divided only because, and I'll say, I'll explain, because on one hand, yes, if there's material that is there, if I, I think it depends on what the intentions were with the songs because let's be honest not every artist who releases music posthumously uh is releasing their best work some people could argue there's a reason why that song didn't make it on the albums that were released when they were alive some people would argue uh you know and and there's proof in, in some cases these songs weren't completed. So now you have people who are completing material in some cases where, you know, the artists themselves is not, are not involved in that process. So now you're putting your own influence, your own perspective into this, and you're creating something, you're finishing something that was not really your, your full responsibility or your sole responsibility. You know what I mean? So now this artist doesn't have the final say on what was there. Maybe they wouldn't approve of this particular track or that track, or maybe they wouldn't approve of the project at all. You know what I mean? There's some really good stuff. If, if he was in the process of saying, oh, I, I have, I love all of this. I can't put it all on this album, but this is definitely my next project. This is, I have enough material. Dude, I, I, I feel 
really good about all of these songs. And I think I've got my next three albums ready with what I have in the wings. Then that's one thing. But if you've got, you, you, we've heard material released from various artists who, where, where vocal enhancement was involved only because they couldn't finish it or the, the vocal track wasn't right. We've heard situations where there were collaborations and guest appearances because they wanted to make it that much better. They wanted to bring attention to it and things like that instead of letting it stand alone as its own project under the original artist. Um, and we've heard situations where things were kind of pieced together, you know, all for the sake of, so sometimes it's a money grab for the label, you know, talking about fulfilling contractual obligations that the artist had. Sometimes it is, uh, you know, under the approval of, of the artist's family, uh, you know, so it's, it, it really depends on the circumstances. You know what I mean? You, you know, your worlds, you disappointed with this last album, you know, um, and that is, you know, that's probably because maybe this was not the way he really intended it to, to come, you know, to come about. You know what I mean? When you've got other people's, you know, opinions and, and input and hands in the mix. You know, so, you know, again, I'm divided on that. You know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. No, I really, honestly, I want to just say that's a great point. That is amazing, an amazing point that you just said. And I kind of want to just add on to what I was saying too, because I don't, I don't mean to say like, make their own song, you know what I'm saying? But at least can provide the public with snippets of what was yet to come. Mm. Don't touch it, you know, but at least provide, you know, to us what was already in the mix. What was he looking to say? You know, there's something in the song that could touch a lot of people, even if it's just a minute, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. I really, really like that point you said about people changing it up because it's not the authenticity of the artist. That is an amazing point. I really like that. Yeah. And I feel like, like you said, Kyle, in terms of if, if an artist said, you know what, I don't know, like not many young artists have their already, you know, life insurance or estate planned out. But if you look at Max Miller's case where his, his family finished his posthumous album, I would think that his family who have been around him for, for as long as he's been alive would kind of get a good idea of what he likes, what he doesn't like. So I'm okay with the family member, you know, families having involvement and input in what should go in and into the album and what should go out to the album once you pass away, because they have the closest thing to your to your mindset what you like what you don't like you know what i mean and so that's why i feel like okay if the family gives it the okay they will be the next closest thing to what the artist would you know feel the artist will like what he doesn't like stuff like that he or she you know and there was a couple of artists that came up with like successful posthumous album like biggie life after death i think that came up what two weeks after he was shot i mean the album was most likely completed but it was like you know what this is already done. We don't really have to touch anything about it. Let's just put it out there for people to continue his legacy and to enjoy. And that's probably one of Biggie's best albums right now. I believe, like you said, XX Tentacion. I believe, you know, he had close friends and family to help. I think he came up with two posthumous albums, if I'm not correct, after he died. I think he came up with two, but he had friends and family involved, you know. I think they were both pretty decent, even Easy A too. Obviously, he, that came out a while after he died. But I'm pretty sure he had, you know, Dr. Dre, you know, input because it's like, okay, Dr. Dre produced, you know, a couple of his tracks that, that went hit. So he's like, okay, I kind of figure out a sound what he likes. But in terms of like, with just mainly just this Pop Smoke album, because mainly the reason why I'm 
like so upset about it is because, like I said, I listened to the leaks, even some of the songs that weren't finished. And what they did was he's like, okay, the songs that are not done or the songs that were done, they're going to cut it. They cut out the rest of the part of the lyrics, added unnecessary features in. So they had a whole bunch of scraps that they that they threw away that they didn't need to. And then the finished stuff, like I said, yeah, the stuff that was finished, so they cut out the, the other verse and then they put in a whole bunch of features to, just to make it seem like, oh, well, Pop Smoke knew um, Rick Ross. Oh, Pop Smoke was cool with Chris Brown. Pop Smoke was cool with Dua Lipa. Like, yeah, he was cool with them, but he's not the type of artist that would have done features because he likes to stick to the Brooklyn drill beat. Now, obviously, he was expanding outside his realm, you know, and, and to, to go doing some more love songs and stuff like that, just to show, like, look, I'm not a one-sided artist. I could do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, why would you do that? Because that's what fans were attached to. So you did all that unnecessary change, like you said, just to put your own influence on it. Because like, well, I think you were like this. Like, well, the fans say otherwise. You got to listen to what the fans say. Because if the family didn't have any type of approval power to say, okay, yeah, we want this and that to be an album, then it's like, okay, you got to put up to the fans. It's like, all right, we're thinking about making another Poshmans album. We have another material, enough material in the vault. What would you guys like to hear and put out snippets of it? And it's like if the stuff that were unfinished, you could have added a, a feature. Quavo, him and Quavo were like boys. Quavo would have probably finished the rest of the album himself. It's like, yeah, I'll put a feature this and that. You know what I mean? With the rest of the Mingos crew. So it was like there was I feel like there was just no they did unnecessary changes. Like you said, put their own vision onto it. Think that that's what he liked. And then you see the backlash and get mixed reviews. Now, people's like, well, World's the album is number one on Apple Music. Yeah, because of the name. You you go, you see everywhere you look at the reviews on the album, it's mixed. People are giving it one out of five stars, two out of five stars. But the reason why it's number one, because of the, the name that, that he built. Because he already built the legend. So people are going to support this man because he's no longer here. But he's like, yo, he did three great albums while he was here. This one was not his best work, but it's not his fault because he's not here. He didn't have a final say. He didn't have any type of discussions. I want this and I'll take this out. So it's like, yeah, we're going to support and listen to it because of the name that's attached. But we don't like the project, the completion of the project itself. Right. I definitely agree um, with a lot of what you just said, Rose. And I want to touch on just like the industry itself. It's all about clout. Let's go. Can we go back to that clout? <laughs> like clout, man. Like look at all the what um the album the with the Fifty Cent what he executively produced the album that came out with Super Star the Moon. Like yeah. that was an amazing album. But look yeah. what's real. Look how many features and look how many famous um upstarting rappers were on there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The industry puts that out there like to really just put that on. Not saying like it's clout. Like oh, it was a bad album because I the album is fire. No cap, yeah. <laughs> it was fire. So it's just like, that's what the industry does. Just put like these big names onto this album and just make it big. So fans can like cater to it more. But to be honest, a lot of people, even me, and I'm a victim to it as well. Just like, I didn't really know Pop Smoke before he passed away. Like, mm -hmm. let's be real. I didn't really know him like that until that album even came out. I'm like, oh shoot, like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I seen some videos, I've seen celebrities flick up with him and he started coming up, but I didn't really listen to like some of his songs, but I still, I was like, oh, this album is fire. But it's just like, I never knew the guy, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's also people like that too. So, and I'm victim too as well. I'm not gonna sit here and say I knew Pop Smoke, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, you know? It really was probably the album before, a little bit of songs, but it really was that Aim for the Move album for sure. But just keeping it a bug though, the industry is always just about really just keeping 
money flowing in, you know, keeping the name for itself and just keeping rap alive, I would say. So that's basically the point. And, and what's that? Oh, go ahead, Carl. My bad. I'm sorry. I, I just want to say this, and this is not um, to say that, you know, Pop Smoke didn't deserve his flowers and things like that, whatever, um, his accolades. But someone once said to me, and, and not only this, but you've seen throughout history in terms of music. Um, someone once said to me um, about a, a rapper whose album got, uh, you know, was successful after he died. Said, well, and of course it was because he died. And what he meant by that was, and we see all the time, someone dies yeah. and their album or their catalog suddenly skyrockets. Suddenly everything is on the radio, everything is on the charts again, you know, um, albums that were old albums, you know, brand new album, anticipated, whatever, because for some reason there's this strange, I don't want to call it morbid, a morbid sense of, you know, perspective, but when someone dies, there's this tendency, this impulse to want to go get their stuff. Like, oh my God, they're dead. Let me go buy this this music and buy this album let me go see this movie you know what i mean and, and so pretty much anyone and i want to say anyone but a lot quite often and someone regardless of the quality regardless of how you feel about the the material versus you know com as compared to what they had done before they had died it's going to be a success at least in the in the in a, a couple of weeks afterwards because they're dead hmm. and it's it's a weird thing but it, it happens all the time over and over and over and again books movies music people have this this thing where it's like i've got to get this because yeah. this person is no longer with us yeah that, that's actually a really great point uh, i'm glad that you brought that i i think also the to add to that what you said i think it's also the the fact that like we're never going to see this person anymore so you kind of go back and cherish the memories of the great stuff that they did like if somebody close to us dies like the first thing we go we look at old pictures of, of us with that person is like damn like you cherish the times that we have because you'll never be able to get that back ever again you know so it's like oh damn i wish i could have done this or i wish i could have done that so I, I feel like that's another reason why people do that obviously like you said you know, I think majority of it is like fake love. It's like, oh, now I'm going to go listen to this. But you never listened to that guy when he was out for five years. Now, all of a sudden, he's no longer here. You're his biggest fan. You know, I, they same thing when Nipsey Hussle died. His his song skyrocketed. Right. Same thing happened to DMX after his, after he died. You know, Rough Riders and uh, X going to give it to you skyrocketed. It's like, damn, I didn't know DMX had all these fans. You know, I, I guess most of them are just like, all right, you know, we're going to as a way of tribute, uh, we're going to listen to his best work. We're going to rock with him now. He's died just to pay our respects to him and the legacy that he left. But the other part is like, you know, I'm just a, a fake fan now that he's no longer dead. It's like, don't do that. You're like, come on. For, some of those, for those people, in some cases, it's like a collector's item. It becomes yeah. like a thing, like a trophy. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to get this because it's the last. Yeah. You know? so. Yeah, true, true. So, yeah, that's why I stand on that. I just think, oh, go ahead, Keenan. No, I was saying that's very true. Facts. I was just saying facts. Yeah. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, I was gonna say last thing. I was saying on that, like, if it's if the if the family members get like you know 
power authorities say, yeah, we'll, we'll make it, you know, if there's enough material in the vault and they want to do it, by all means. But I feel like it shouldn't be left up to the label, especially if they're like money hungry people like Stephen Victor is. Um, I don't want to, you know, cuss the man out on here, but he is a money hungry motherfucker. I can confirm that. Um, I want to curse him out, but yeah. He is money hungry. I mean, there's a lot I can say about just, that. Just, just end he's just, he's just money hungry. I, you know, but you know, I, I, it's just like, damn, now they're saying he doesn't have little to no, no music left in the vault because he just emptied out the whole thing. It's like, how you, you came up with an album with 20 something songs and then two deluxe albums after that and added a total, I think, eight new songs. That, why? There was no. And so I, I'm not good at math, but in that time span, you released about close to 15 some songs. Why? Why was the need to do that? If he didn't have that much in the vault in the beginning, with which I, 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 from what I know, I believe he he had 400 unreleased songs, but not all of them were completed. I believe about like 150 was done. But remember, they were like features with all the artists, so they took they took their parts. Like, right, we're gonna cut it. I'm gonna release it on my album. I think Polo G Clueless, which was supposed to be called Woo Shit with Fabio Foreign, Polo G put that on his album, and it was like, I don't want Stephen Victor messing with this. But it's like if he had, say if he had like maybe 70 completed songs left in the vault that were unreleased, why release like 50 of them? It makes no sense. You could have spread it out like, okay, we're going to try to keep his legacy alive as long as we can. If we decide to come up with a posthumous album, get the approval of the family, we'll do 10 here, wait like a year and a half, two years, then come up with another 10. And it's like, okay, we got 30 songs left in the vault. We're going to wait a couple more years, you know, play his old like classic throwbacks, then play another 10. It's just like you just dumped the whole thing. I was like, oh, damn, we have no more songs left in the vault. Nope. I don't know how we're going to carry his legacy now because you emptied out all the shit that he had that he had completed the time he was here. So it made no sense for, to me why they did that. That's just that's that's my last opinion on that. Right. I feel like there should be like some songs that artists need to really think about, especially artists that really are deep in hoods and deep in like gang activity and stuff like that. Really think about like, listen, if I was to pass away, keep this to the side. Let me make some music just to like keep, bro. Don't release this. This is something like this is like emergency vault. Like if, if this need be, release it and let my let my people know, let my legacy be known and stuff like that. And I really think I don't know if they do it now, but I'm just saying like that would be a very good thing idea to really think about with all artists, is all in the music industry, and just to keep their keep their legacy alive and stuff like that. So. Well, and there are some cases where uh, contracts are include language like that, you know, which is interesting that you bring that up. But, uh, you know, Anderson Pock just, you know, posted, you know, a, a picture <laughs> that mm-hmm. said, basically, if I die, don't don't yeah, release any of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, so, you know, I don't know whether that was like, a, you know, whether it was kind of being facetious, but. You know, it was an interesting point that he was making with that. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess we'll all have, like, agreement, but have our own different perspective of it. All right, guys, that's it for episode two of Talk That Smoke podcast. I'm Worlds. This has been Kyle. And thanks to our special guest of today's episode, Kina, for stopping by. Appreciate you as always, always showing love and support. All right, guys, stay safe. Stay blessed. Go ahead, Kina. Last words before we sign off. 
yeah, just last words, guys. Um, I just wanted to say thank you, Worlds. Thank you, Kyle. Nice to meet you, Kyle. You know, we're actually wow. having some words of, you know, knowing each other. And I was just telling him, like, strangers celebrate you. Your family don't. And I come from a really background that strangers really do celebrate me more than my family. And I just want to appreciate you guys for giving me the opportunity to speak. Um, I want to be a public speaker one day, just putting that out there, really help people, elevate people um, mentally, spiritually, and, and financially. And I'm able to just, I'm really, 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 really excited and grateful. So much gratitude that I'm able to come on here because I tell worlds this all the time, bro, like affirmation, speaking things to existence and like really knowing who you're going to become is so essential. I tell him, bro, you're going to have a million subscribers on YouTube. I tell him this talk that smoke, I'm going to promote it like no other, because at the end of the day, we have to know that somebody starts somewhere. People want to say it's an overnight success, but it really wasn't. It really wasn't. So, you know, I wanted to say that, you know, like I said, guys, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Kena Slays, K-E-N-A-S-L-A-Y-S. Um, I am a digital entrepreneur as well. So you guys can check out my content. I love to give value to other, you know, entrepreneurs out there looking to elevate themselves as well. So thank you again for having me guys. I hope to be on the next episode, maybe like, you know, future, future, future wise and come back and do a redo, you know, Hey, you know, <laughs> please come back because, you know, amen to that, but please come back. Cause that's definitely, we definitely need your energy here. Great. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, no doubt. We definitely gonna have you back on for future episodes. That's 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 no doubt about it. All right, guys. Thank you as always. Another great, successful episode. We'll be back here with episode three sometime in the near future. Stay tuned. <laughs>